0: This episode of The Detox Podcast is brought to you by Rebel Riot Printing. Celebrating their 10th year in business, Rebel Riot is locally owned and family operated, offering custom printed tees with no minimums and fast turnaround. And by Bitsbox. Bitsbox teaches kids to code. Real JavaScript, real devices, and really fun. Hands down the most fun way for curious kids ages 6 to 14 to learn coding. Use promo code DETOX for $20 off any subscription order of $50 or more. That's D-T-A-L-K-S Detox for $20 off any order of $50 or more with BitsBox. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Detox Podcast, a podcast for dads where this dad Talks about life, kids, and stuff. I'm your host, Joe Shaw. And on today's episode, I have Mr. Brian Salmon. He is also known as Brian the Birth Guy. He created the Rocking Dads Childbirth Class for Birth Partners and the Facilitating Fearless Birth Class for Couples. He also wrote the Birth Guy's Go-To Guide for New Dads, How to Support Your Partner Through Birth breastfeeding and beyond brian is a delightful individual i ran into him at the dad 2.0 summit uh, this past february in san antonio and it was a fantastic conversation uh that we had on the episode and i can't wait for all of you guys to hear it so stick around we'll be right back after this Welcome back to the Detox Podcast. With me at this time is Mr. Brian Salmon. He has been called the the doodla or the bad boy of birth. That was my favorite one. But uh, I know him as uh, Brian Salmon. You may know him as Brian the birth guy. You're a male doula and a lactation consultant. Brian, thank you so much for being on the show today. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing fantastic. And let me just tell you something. Uh, what a great intro. <laughs> you, kind
0: of, you kind of hit it all, right. all the way around the wall. Yes,
1: you know, we, I, I had the great chance to meet you recently. I am a lactation ca- consultant, I'm a, lact- a certified lactation counselor and a birth mentor and a doula, a doodla. Right. <laughs> so I attend a lot of births. Um, I wanted to really thank you for inviting me to your Facebook page um group sure because i would love to help those people from like just you saw like right away i'm like i'm, I'm so down to right. help and it's not like a console it's just right. like let's friends talk
0: absolutely and for those who are wondering uh and are not currently members, I created a private uh, parenting and friend support group. Uh, it's on Facebook. It Just look for Detox, D-T-A-L-K-S, and you'll find it'll say like Detox a Community for Parents or forget the full title, but I'll put the link in the show notes for those that aren't aware. But yeah, it's just a, it's a safe space for parents and expecting parents and anybody in between to ask questions about their kids or about uh, breastfeeding or birth or anything that they might have. And uh, I know Michael Britt has been Asking a couple questions. He's got a, a pretty newborn. I think uh, the little one's uh, three or four months. I could be mistaken. Uh, but uh, but yeah, right around there. And and Brian got added to the group. So there's a real pro in there, and he's been helping out as well. So yeah, it's just it's a really fun time. A really great community so i will be more than happy to join but uh, but yeah i was super excited that that you joined and and yeah we uh, as you were saying i b- bumped into you at the dad 2.0 summit it was both of our first times being there and uh, i was super oh. excited yeah
1: i didn't know it was your first time <laughs> yeah
0: well. it was so i was in the back sitting next to uh nick north nick uh, who listeners may remember from a couple episodes back and uh, i walked up to say hi to wit wit Honey, because i'd have had him on the show and uh, I remember what was talking to you and said something about podcast, and then po- t- turned around and pointed to me. And after that, the rest <laughs> was history. We just started chatting. So, so tell me about your uh, first time getting to dad two point summit. We'll kind of start from there.
1: Well, okay. It was in my hometown, right? in San Antonio, right? And, I didn't really know. Like, I wanted to go before because I've always been on the dad bloggers for the last like couple of years, just sure. watching. Because I, I blog a little bit. I don't blog a lot. I, I mainly do Facebook lives, and you know, I do live live stuff where I'm, you know, in front of a group of people, sure. speaking and, and working. But uh, I wanted to go, and I felt kind of apprehensive. And I'm not going to say who, but some, one of my friends said they had gone. And they felt like like it was very clickish and this mm. and that and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. So of course, then my insecurities come out. Most sure. people think I'm super secure because <laughs> I, I mean I'm pretty I'm pretty like hey what's up you know
0: right right right. But yeah I you
1: people I'm like I'm like the excited dog at the dog park right. Like, oh. <laughs> so. Uh, so you know, I'm talking to everybody, and I'm going, wait a minute, this is really easy. And even when I go up to a group, and I'm like, oh god, I'm gritting my teeth, I'm just gonna do this. Come on, come on, and uh, you know, get my my courage up, and I say, hey guys, sorry to interrupt, I'm Brian. I just want to say I've never been here before.
0: How are you guys? Right. And they're
1: like, oh my god, it. everybody was so nice.
0: Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. It was. Uh, it, it was so. Yeah, it was really surprising too because I, I too had the same kind of mindset or insecurities and and was really cautious and curious and I found you know a very warm response everywhere I turned. It was fantastic.
1: Okay, can I just say that when I heard your, there was there were children crying, there was a baby crying in the back of the room during one of the talks. I could like I was doing everything. To fight my intuition, right. and go over there and help with the baby because I'm so used
0: to doing that. Right, right. And, uh, <laughs> and then that, you said yeah. it was your baby. Yes, yes. That that is correct. So my son, my uh, my family came and watched me uh, talk at the summit, and uh, my son was crying, and that and he was taken out by my mother in law, and and you came up to me and you were like, I just wanted to 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 help with the baby, but I didn't, and I was like, Oh yeah, that was my son. That, that was mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: like, I'm sorry, I didn't do anything. No, no, no was actually my kid yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's a really important thing to think about as parents as a dad as just a parent when you're somewhere we get so insecure sometimes about our, our children just being children mm-hmm. because people get upset about that right. or they look at you and oh you're not controlling your child or this and that and blah 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 and i think this is a really clear time for me to think wow what if it was the other way around everybody thought the way you know I had that feeling to just go help
0: sure exactly and it's it's so true because you don't see that often enough with people wanting to help out or or like hey is there something I could do and you see these like one-off stories but typically you're right people are just like man you must be a terrible parent if you can't get your kid under control and it's like well they, yeah. are, they are kids you know there's only so much you can do
1: and we've all been there
0: yes yes so <laughs> I have two daughters so uh that's fantastic. Uh ages? Fourteen and nine. Okay.
1: So how how fourteen, right? You heard fourteen. Yeah, that's yes. Not, yeah. Not yeah. <laughs> I was gonna
0: I was gonna say I was like, so how how are the teenage years treating you? <laughs>
1: well, the last few months it's kicked in pretty heavy, and like we were talking tonight because they're at their mom's side and we we were talking for a minute and she's like, I don't have time for that. But thank you, and Ooh. like really snarky. you. Right. Know? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, dear, love you. I'll talk to you later. Right. Like, <laughs> 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 oh so my goodness. Okay. But my nine year old, she's an angel. Oh, she's that's my, fantastic. Like, but she's really funny. Like, she will call me when I'm in a breastfeeding class or call me during, you know, because my classes are in the evening and she's at her mom's if it's that week. And during the summer, she'll come with me to class. She is so involved. She gets into it. So the other day we were doing a breastfeeding class mm-hmm. and the pediatrician that teaches with me is actually her pediatrician too. And she's one of my good friends, Sky is a deuce. Mm-hmm. And it was really funny because Daisy likes FaceTime me. I answer it. She wants to give a tip to the to the class. Right. And so she gives like a good solid tip. When you're breastfeeding your baby, make sure not to touch their head because they're gonna pull back. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh my god, she's like a little birth girl. Yeah.
0: <laughs> do you find that having, uh, you know, having worked as a doula, lactation consultant, doing teaching the classes for as long as you have, and with your daughters having so much exposure to it, do you feel like it has? Um, well, I, well, obviously, it's definitely improved their uh, knowledge and experiences as far as understanding birth and the process. But what have you seen has been their uh, general reaction? Are they more averse to it? Or are they more excited about it? Because I know that when we did, um, when my son was born and we did, uh, we birthed at a, a birthing center. Uh, our midwife had uh, two daughters, and both of them were like, you know, like like doing pretend checkups, and were like, you know, this is how we do, and this is how we listen for the heartbeat, and this is what we do. And, and they were like, you know, they could have taught a class and they were like, I think like six and four or something. So I was just curious <laughs> how, how your daughters have responded to that.
1: Well, Daisy, like I said, my nine-year-old, she's she's such a funny little gal. She's she's really into it. She loves babies. She loves people. Like she likes to work at my office, and you know, if we're doing ultrasound, she'll she'll call people up and go, "Hey, come over here and look at this. this is what Your baby is in a fruit. How many weeks are you? And this is what your baby looks like." It's so funny. Like she's such like the little schmoozer. Right. And she she's really listens to all of the facts about birth. So she gets it, and she wants to tell people about it.
0: That's fantastic. Eva,
1: on the other hand, is very scientific, and they're both very smart. Both of them go to like this great school that's very special for kids that are smart, and Mm -hmm. you know they they just do do insane things. And Eva is very smart, but she also tells me. I'm adopting. I'm not having a
0: baby. <laughs> it's your fault, Dad. I'm like,
1: okay. Why? Because right. you show me birth things and you talk about birth. Things. It's natural. It's just what life is all about. Just like,
0: not really into life. <laughs> so, oh, man, that's, that's fantastic. how it works. Yeah. That's it's fantastic. Amazing. I think it's so important, though, to, normal, to be able to. Normalize the birth process and having babies and the whole cycle of life because too often I feel you don't you don't get an opportunity to normalize it for children and for you know teens and adults and for really most people and and it becomes a big kind of scary unknown thing that people have trouble navigating and and typically with a lot of people myself included this is the first time you're being exposed to it is oh yeah you got a baby on the way. And, and I think it's fantastic to be able to, to kind of start young with an education. So people are able to then have more informed uh, realities and decisions, you know, when they actually approach the process. So I think that's, that's, is fantastic and and i'm ready for you know daisy to become her own doula and and midwife or doctor or whatever she chooses to be <laughs> that's fantastic she's gonna be
1: something great so Eva. eva's a she's an amazing girl i can't you know i have to say the teen years are a little scary right now but she's pretty amazing she right. sings opera That's sort her of thing oh wow and that's fantastic when people actually hear her sing they're like when i play something like they go oh yeah i should sing an opera and then i'm like well let me play something and they're like Oh my heck, gosh! I have, I have chills.
0: <laughs> right, <laughs> right. She's
1: intense. She can't sing pop though very well, but she's working on that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but op, opera is impressive.
1: Is yeah, that um, is
0: super impressive. I'm always I've always been impressed with the ability to to sing opera. I, it's it, that is a whole other level of skill, definitely.
1: Yes, for sure. So okay. You may have some questions for me because have you ever met a male doula that actually works? I do about eight to fifteen births a month.
0: I have never met, and I actually had a conversation with our midwife when. So this is a this is a fun fact. So when we were uh, expecting my son, and we were going to regular appointments, and and I asked my our midwife, I said, "So are there like male midwives or male doulas or?" Anybody, just because I'm genuinely curious, and she was like, "Uh, there's not many. Like, I think there was, like, I think as far as, like, uh, male doulas, it was, I mean, you know the stat better than than what I recall. But for, like, male midwife, I think there was, like, one in Canada, I think, at the time. Canada, but but
1: Australia has a lot of male midwives. Canada is really opening up more and
0: more. So what so yeah, so talk me through let, let let's let's kind of start too, there. by the way okay let's start uh let's start there with so wh- how did you talk me through your your origin story, if you will, your genesis in in deciding this is the path I want to take for a career, this is what I'm passionate about, and also your kind of uh trials and tribulations in getting to the point that you're at today that's a lot to wow. unpack but but let's let go whoa right let's yeah, <laughs> let's yeah, take it that. in steps yeah.
1: Let's do it. Okay. So let me tell you first and foremost, um, I think that America has a different type of culture. Sure. And okay. So I'm going to just throw some names out here who are people I love dearly. Robbie Davis Floyd is a cultural anthropologist. She is a birth expert. She deemed the three ways in anthropology that humans have birth, you know, which is technocratic, humanistic and holistic. Right. Okay. So Robbie's my mentor and my dear friend. Now she's more like my mom and I love her so dearly. (laughs) And, uh, I've learned a lot from her, but I've learned a lot about rituals from her. Okay. And here in the United States, our rituals are way different than they are in other cultures. We have rituals of tailgating, of doing a gender reveal. And doing
0: right, and right, that, right, 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 yeah.
1: So the baby shower. Instead of looking at the, the the health of mom and dad and their their mental health and wellness mm-hmm. and the rituals around that and the rituals around you know forming your family and stuff like that. Right. We don't do a lot of that here. So I think that we're behind a little bit in that. That also tends to edge on where I'm at. Where, okay, I'm a male. I want to be in this female-dominated world, and right. I'm definitely, I definitely have felt some gender discrimination, of course. Sure. And uh, you know, it's it's inevitable because there are people who are really passionate about this as a woman's space. And it should only be women, and men shouldn't even be in the birth room. And da-da-da. there's still that that mental space for people, but. For me, I'm like, I'm going to break down those walls here. I'm going to get guys involved, and our gender lines are already blurring. I'm going to ask you, how many, how often do you do laundry?
0: Uh, I do – I mean probably about 50% Ish- of the time. Yeah. You
1: know, okay. Do go, you go shopping? Yeah. For, for, for food? Do you ever go to the dry cleaners?
0: Uh, yeah, very rarely, but yeah, I do
1: girls are for dry cleaning. I mean, you know, I'm just saying the the typical things that moms would do because they were right. the woman, the wifey, staying home, doing this, doing that, right? Oppressed. Well the one place where I think women felt very strong was in the birth mm, birth room because okay, I see your men point. didn't want to be in there. They wanted to go smoke a cigar and, and, and drink whiskey. Right. But now our gender lines are blurring and guys are doing the, the same things women are doing. We're both working, we're both just trying to make it and trying to keep our relationship strong, try to keep our you know, our our life together and now we're doing things that the other gender used to do. Yeah. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense because you're a hundred. I mean that, that really put, put a fine point on it with the fact that, you know, you've got all these spaces that are, you know, you should do this, you should do this, you should do this. And it's like, Oh, I don't want anything to do with the birth aspect. And so you're right. Women, there's a, there's a ritual and a cultural bond with, with being able to be strong together through birthing process and it's something that you know binds a lot of people together and when you're saying like now to a lot of people men want to be involved and want to do that i i can see where there can be some resistance and now hang on this has been you know culturally or um historically one way you know and and they're seeing the resistance yeah i can totally see where that would come into play yeah you you explained right? it a lot better than I did, but but yes, I see your <laughs> point. <laughs> well
1: but but I don't I don't I don't think it's a mean thing. I think it's just it's just this is what they were protecting sure. and sacred. However, sure. guess what? Nowadays we don't have the village mentality anymore. Right. We're not in a village and people the women aren't taking care of the women, the men aren't going to be men and doing this and that. We're just trying to live our lives. So right. the problem is what after that birth, does that woman go home with you and help you with that baby? Right. Right. Most of the time. No. Right. You know, you were at a birth center. You went home two hours later, right? Yep. And then that was <laughs> so it. Really, okay. Great. Congratulations. Bon voyage. Right. You know, with you and mom, you are partner in mom, you know, it, either way it works. The person who's supporting mom, it doesn't matter what the gender is or what's going on as long as they're doing it in a way that's healthy and, and, you know, conducive to a good, a good birth to a good homecoming and to, to, you know, opposing things that can really hurt in postpartum depression. So I want to step back and talk about dad's role or partner's role.
0: Sure. Yeah. So
1: different now. It, so as yeah. a doula, my job is not to go share oxytocin and be all hippie out and crunchy and blah. My job <laughs> is to go help them get their goal and to move mom around, to give her, give her support when she needs it to, to make dad or partner be right there involved in, in guess what? That makes a better memory for them. And and when mom Feels comfortable with her room and her space. She's going to birth
0: better. It's right, just inevitable. Yes,
1: that is inevitable. It's oxytocin driven. Right.
0: Yes absolutely so if it's
1: oxytocin, and that's a love hormone for you guys that are listening out there that's right, right. Yes. You guys you all had an orgasm right right. Yeah, that's oxytocin. right you guys are junkies right you, you said it's
0: oxytocin and i'm junkies. like yes yes exactly not even thinking to yes. explain what that was but I, but yeah.
1: yes but i always tell people like if it takes oxytocin to make a baby it takes oxytocin to have a baby because that's what gives you your contractions right right and it takes oxytocin to feed a baby because that's what helps you Get your breast milk out. And I always tell women when we're at a, like a, a breastfeeding class with couples, I always go, hey, OK, ladies, how many of you guys can be pissed off, feel scared, feel totally unsafe and and non-trusting and have an orgasm? Let's see the hands.
0: Right. <laughs> <It was> zero. <laughs> and there are no hands. Now. Right. So, okay.
1: And for men, we can kind of do that because we're we're programmed, our laws are different, we're programmed to propagate the species. For women, it's a little more emotional because they have to also take care of the baby and the ne- snap, ancestrally how it was. Sure. It's different these days because now we're all contributing and helping, right? Right. And so we've got we've got a, a partner in the, the labor room who is also well-versed in- What's happening beforehand and getting involved during pregnancy, cutting out time for mom, like doing eye gazing and and slow dancing. The stuff I make my partners do basically is is I make them learn how to eye gaze, slow dance, to do um, pain coping stuff for mom, help her with her back hurts, hip squeezing, Mm -hmm. uh, rebozo work, all these things. And they don't actually realize this, but what's happening is partner is carving out time for mom. Mom's carving out time for partner. As a family for the baby. Mm. And before they've even gotten to the birth room, they've formed their new culture, their whole house. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah.
0: It's like you're, you're working really hard on the foundational aspect of your family and you're already laying the groundwork. So that way, when the baby is there, the baby fits right into... The space that you've created for for them.
1: Yes, it's not an imposition or or, or something. I mean, of course, people are sure to have the feelings of being scared or sure, you know, of feeling insecure that they're not a good parent. Cause we all do. I still do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <God>. yep. <laughs> and, and I'm here talking about parenting. Oh my god, right? It could be scary. Yep,
0: it's terrifying. It's it terrifying. is. It is terrifying. But you're right. It, I feel. I feel. That not all the time do people take the opportunity to, as you said, holistically prepare from a foundational point, starting in the physical home. Yes, of course, there's you know creating the getting the nursery in order, all that's physical stuff. But then also on an emotional level, carving out time and space for the baby to arrive. You're right, and it and it and and that you know there's a lot of different things that can cause depression in both you know mom or dad or whoever, but but taking those steps ahead of time can really help kind of put you on the right path.
1: Makes a big difference. And so like, like we were saying, so, my whole thing was okay when I was first having Eva, it was fifteen years ago, and there was nothing on the shelves for dads besides stuff that was very comical, right? Usually at at mom's expense, right? And that's still the case. I feel with a lot of the books that are out there. I I'm agree. just going to be honest and straightforward. With a lot of the books for dads, it's you know anecdotal, and you know this is what I went through, blah blah blah, dah, dah, dah. Instead of being like, okay, this is kind of what we got to kind of make it, and this is how we have to change our language. This is how we have to change. You know, instead of going, oh, she's just being sensitive because of all those hormones and blah, 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 blah. You know, know, why don't we modify our behavior to start moving along to get our intimacy to that level? That is the intimacy of having a baby and starting a family. And when you have that type of intimacy, it's not a low-hanging fruit. Right. You have to work for it. you got to grab hard, and someone's got to hold the ladder. The other one's shaking up there or (laughs) or something like that, you know. Right. It's it's not easy to attain. But when you work towards it, it works because – our society today is so about ease and, you know, we can get divorced and we can do this and we can do that and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, there's the commitment aspect. We don't learn to do that in the beginning. And that's why I feel that it's important for people who are doing that in the beginning. I have a failed marriage. I might, my, my ex and I are divorced. We, we co-parent mm-hmm. and that's not the way I really want it to be. It's not what I imagine it. So it, that's the reality of it. So I'm kind of more of a crusader to go, you guys keep your shit together and try and stay together, you know?
0: Right. Absolutely. And now that I fail, right, right. A hundred percent. And that's, it's it's so key to keep in mind in you know today's aspect that you've got to really double down on the foundational aspects to try and really set yourself up on the right foot. And I know you had talked about, as far as the books, there's a lot of stuff out there on the comical side, but you wrote a really fantastic book, The Birth Guy's Go-To Guide for New Dads, How to Support Your Partner Through Birth, Breastfeeding, and Beyond. And I want you to kind of walk me through a bit on... I mean, we kind of talked a little bit about the need for the book, right? Like you saw that there wasn't really a good go-to guide of what to expect, how to prep, all these different like to-do lists that's informative, funny, but, you know, really resonates. And so we talked through the need of that. But how did you come to decide, I'm going to write this, this is how I'm going to craft it, and, and this is how I'm going to kind of put it out in the universe?
1: Boom. Okay, so what happened was, like I said, 15 years ago, there's nothing there. It's like how to push a stroller, how to sing to a baby, how to joke around with your your partner at her expense, right, and blah, right, blah, blah, and right. Like, you know, how to put a diaper on. i like, if you can't put a diaper on a baby, jeez, right. Someone pregnant because you put them on backwards. Turns out they work the same, right, right. <laughs> so. I've been in the dark. I've done that. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, when, when you look back at it, I decided, okay, 15 years ago when I moved to San Antonio from Los Angeles, uh, my background in biochemistry, pathophysiology and in radiology. I worked in um, clinical education and clinical science, you know, in MRI and all this stuff, right? And so right. I know the human body. I've been in patient care since I was 17. Okay. So when I started my – first internship and so when I decided to, that I was going to go all baby I opened a prenatal imaging center here in San Antonio right upon moving here and hooked up with babies or us and started teaching dads okay and they were trying to help me to have me teach a protocol I'm not going to say it because it's still out there but the protocol was okay but it was like swaddle the baby do this do that I'm like we are missing the point here there's so much more right. than just swaddling a baby or knowing how to you know change a diaper or do these things it's got to start with understanding the process of birth. Sure. It's got to understand, you, you got to understand what your partner's going through. You have to understand how you can best support her and why her mental zone is where it's at in that time. Mm-hmm. And understanding that if you have a cesarean delivery, I call it a vaginal bypass surgery or <laughs> if <you have> vaginal, <laughs> or if you have an epidural, you know, all these different paradigms, you have to understand that there takes different strengths to handle each one of those paradigms. Right. And I talk about that. I mean, I know you've read some of my book. I hope you liked it. Yes, it sounds like you it did. It was fantastic. And, <laughs> thank you. You know, it was it was a work in progress. But so I wrote a, a course called Rocking Dads, and I think you checked out the Rocking Dads yes. online a little bit. Yes,
0: I did. And so I want to. I also want to. Yeah, as we're going on that path, I want to talk about. So how do? Uh, so which came for, Was it the course or the book that came first? And how do they work okay, hand in hand? This
1: is it? Exactly. So I wrote I wrote the course, Rocking Dads, and I started teaching it. I was invited to teach it at Methodist Hospital in, here in town, and I've stayed here, and they provide me a room. They provide me the clients. I teach. The doctors all love it. They love the way the guys come out because the guys come out changed. And this is not me just going, oh, I'm so special, whatever. No, it's because – it's not because of me. It's because of what I'm giving them as tools and to understand the process. For them to take charge of the birth plan, for them to understand communication, for them to understand – what it takes to to communicate to someone who's not listening to you because they have a primal instinct to fight with you. Right. Moms do. They, they're programmed to fight with you primally right. because they want to make sure ancestrally, you know, we were, we were prey. They want to make sure that someone's going to take care of them, feed them, and let them take care of the baby while they're healing and getting that baby up to par, right? Right. And so it was survival. Now we're, we're not sure what we're doing, but we have this instinct to fight.
0: Right,
1: <laughs> so, so there's not really a predator. We're not really prey. I mean, we are kind of, but not really. More right. like you know, the the you know, going and buying too much shit, right? Right. But nonetheless, so it it you know, I decided I was going to start doing that. So I started teaching this class and letting it kind of be a living process and a living breathing thing. Where the more I learned, the more I started attending births and being with people, being with more and more pregnant people, hearing their stories, listening to them. The storytelling was incredible for me. Because I got to learn a lot about my community, a lot about what was going on, a lot about how people really feel. Mm-hmm. And that made me go, gosh, we're missing the boat here. Right. We need to be talking about you know, emotions, feelings, um, what causes that, and how to get around that. What are the tools you have to get and shift that paradigm? Right. You know? Yep. And so – so, Rocking Dads kept morphing, and it's a three and a half hour course. It's so funny because one of the guys you met, um, Sergio, the Su- Soy Super Papa, yes, he's funny, and he has this great dads group of almost a hundred thousand dads that they all get together. They're Latino, and he he came to he took Rocking Dads online before I met him, and that's what started him doing his thing. Oh, that's awesome. Then he then yeah right <laughs> and then he called me a couple months ago we just started talking I go dude come to 2.0 stay at my house so yeah. he stayed here so we oh, he to awesome. know each other more and it was fantastic and so he um he actually was uh was just, was just saying you know you know Brian can I come to your class at some point I go dude I have one the weekend of 2.0 so just come and he came and he was so fun because he interacted and he saw and he saw these guys he goes man what a transition! And he goes, it's there's something just magical about the information. It, it really—I mm-hmm. I know it sounds silly, but it really makes guys confident. Sure. And they keep wanting to talk to their partner and tell their partner. The partner goes, "Who is this guy? I love him. <laughs> oh my god, this is my new boyfriend. Right? But, you know, like, he's he's into it. And, right. And this is what because what women want to see—they want to see. You know, um, Chris Pagula, You mentioned him, diaper dude. He oh, wrote yeah. Dude, yep. to dad. And but people he I, I think that people don't see that whole thing is that transition from dude to dad right. is what a woman wants to see.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Or and
1: from partner to, to dad. Right. You know, from mom mom dad.
0: Right. You know, it doesn't matter.
1: They want to see that transition where you're not talking about Friday night at the bar, you're talking about when are we gonna do our slow dancing? Because we need to, you know,
0: take this time to
1: get ready for our baby.
0: Right. Absolutely. And there's, I mean, that was one of the main reasons why I started this podcast at the beginning is because I felt that a lot of times I was getting, I was talking to new dads or dads to be or whatever, who wanted to be involved and and wanted to get involved in the birth process and wanted to be involved dads, but didn't know the first step. And what they were finding nine times out of 10 was they would look for stuff, and they would either find only generic parenting stuff, or stuff geared towards the mom. And if they did find dad stuff, it was, as you said, it was comical, or at the dad's expense, or oh gosh, I don't know what to do. I'm just a dumb dad. And so they would either, you know, step back and go, I guess this is a sign that I need to be secondary and not be fully involved, or they would push past it and go, well, I'm going to be involved, but I, I I'm going to try and do the best I can, but it might not be you know, the best that I can be. And I wish that there was something better. And so I was like, well, let's start a place where we can just kind of consolidate all of these great advice and stories and journeys and resources. And, you know, I love, love that I was connected to you because I've had a lot of people say, is there a course that my husband can take? And I was like, I I feel like there's something out there. Well, here it is. It's the rock and dad's birth course. There it is. Boom. (laughs) Well, thank you. I
1: mean, I think people have to experience it or watch it to get it and then right. watch it, you know, with the, with the right intention, you know? Right. I, you know, I, of course. I've sent it out to so many people that I'm like, I really want you to take a look at this and no one even opens it or joins, you know, right. and they're getting. And so, so they're like, Oh yeah, no, I can to pass. I'm like, you know, look, right, you
0: know? right. Exactly. And it's not
1: like I'm, I'm trying, all I'm trying to do is get the word out. You know, I mean, I, the, the course is cheap. It's like 45 bucks for 31 mentor led right. you know, pieces and you can watch it how you want to watch it or whatever. And. And so that drove me to make the book. So I'm like, you know what? Screw this. I'm making a book and I'm going to make it on steroids. (laughs) Right. So what I did was I brought Kirsten on with me. Yes. And she is a therapist. She's fantastic. She's one of my dear friends. We've been working together for the last probably a few years, five years, six years. We've been sending each other clients and bouncing things off each other because what I didn't know, she taught me what she didn't know. I taught her. (laughs) <laughs> and so it was, it's been a very symbiotic relationship. So when I went to start writing the book, I wrote the book and I go, this book is not ready yet at all. You know, it will not right. be what it could be without you, Kirsten. So come on, join me. And she's like, oh, all right, fine. <laughs> and she did. It, it, and I think it made such a fantastic dynamic because I think my voice is heard strong and her voice is heard so strong. And the two of them together mix very nicely
0: that's fantastic I know that there's there's so many great anecdotes I was just you know uh, going back to a couple of points that I had bookmarked in the book and and one of the things that really stuck out to me and this is just like I, I'm serious I, I mean I'm gonna put a link to it in the show notes for those that are curious and want to pick this book up but Aww. there's just there's not only great tips about the the pregnancy process the birth process and all this different stuff but what I what really helped like really resonate with me is towards the end of the book You've got creating your postpartum plan and you even talk about like meal delivery as far as like, you know, like you need to be taken care of too. And I I tell you, that was something that with our, with our first, we didn't even think about like, how are we going to eat? You know, and it was just I mean, some people took care of us and other times we just kind of, you know, you know, made it work. But it was it would have been so nice if someone said, look, you're not going to know what to do. You're not going to know how to feed yourself. You're not going to have time to deal with that. So here (laughs) is a practical way that you can set that up ahead of time. So you're already taken care of. So that way, when you're like, I don't know what to eat for dinner. Ding dong, someone's already here with it. So you're good to go. And it's so crucial because it's, you need, you need, and I feel like everybody needs this for just about every situation in life where you need something to tell you, this is how it could be, this is how it's going to be, and these are things to take care of on your to do list that you haven't even thought of. Here's how to deal with the issue. Here's how to deal with the before and the after, and here's all the little intricacies in between. And Love it. it's just, it's fantastic. But yeah, I, I, I love it. I feel like you guys kind of covered literally every single possible angle in this book with regards to pregnancy, birth outcomes, and just prepping after the baby is at home. We tried
1: to, you know, and I'm trying to convince Kirsten. I said, next, we're writing the fourth trimester. Oh,
0: yes. Yes. that's So needed. That
1: is where I find, that's where I find most of the problems because, you know, as a, as a lactation consultant out there going out and helping people, I do house calls. Right. And I see the darkest shit. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Really, it can be really bad when people don't understand what to do and when people have the wrong people involved and too many people involved and their mom's sequestering herself to the bedroom right. to breastfeed or to try and breastfeed. And she's so depressed she can't breastfeed because, like I said, remember, if you're sad, you have all these stress hormones going. Right. So oxytocin can't work, and it takes oxytocin to feed a baby too. Right. Mom has to feel happy. Right. So I have okay. to tell you something. I when I was at Dad 2.0, mm-hmm. I met with um, the uh, Voice of America. I don't know if you met with Kelly Jimmy with her.
0: Uh, I don't believe so. No. And if Kelly, you're listening, and I did, I apologize for not remembering. <laughs> she
1: is a journalist for for Voice of America. I just did an interview with them yesterday for an international interview over the phone that they're they're uh, putting all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. And she's doing another follow up uh, written interview with me. An article about some of the stuff I'm doing. Because it resonated with her.
0: Sure. No. So, so Kelly did the phone interview with you, and she, you said she's about to do a print interview with you as well.
1: As well, yes. But what happened was, she asked me, "Can you write an article tonight?" And I'm like, "Hmm, okay." And I'm like, "On what?" And she goes, "I want you to write a letter to Prince Harry." And I go, hmm, "Well, I've already thought about that. So <laughs> why not?" Sure. And so I did. I wrote an article. For Prince Harry, that you know, I'm, I'm pushing around right now to see if someone's gonna gonna publish it. If not, I'm gonna just post it up.
0: Oh, that's so fantastic! I
1: about postpartum depression in men. Yes,
0: yes. That is we forget uh, about that. Yes.
1: It's so real. We forget about it with women. You know, I had one of the top like doctors, Stephanie Reinhold, in postpartum depression on my Facebook. My Facebook lives get usually at least two thousand people minimum, Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. like nine thousand, somewhere around there, right? Right. And I did this one on postpartum and I pushed it. I was really excited about it. Six hundred viewers. Mm. Mm-mm. Nobody wants to talk about it, yeah, and it's so real. And the problem is, people feel so shamed and so scared to talk about it that right. it's a bad thing. And I thought back, okay, look at Prince Harry and his brother. You know, they they started this thing for mental health, you know, awareness and right. not being ashamed and coming out, right? Right. And so I'm like, well, who else better to talk about postpartum depression for men to? than him yeah and so i talked about some things you can do and some things that that are helpful if like i do this thing where i tell my clients when they go home i go you know what, try not to have too many people there or nobody go home with your baby right and when you go home sleep when the baby sleeps eat when the baby eats and hygiene when the baby does hygiene yeah and i'll explain that real quick because i think it's kind of fun and i think hopefully the listeners out there will get some of this and, and feel excited about it yeah um so when you get home when that baby goes to sleep drop everything and go to bed like seriously whether it's four minutes or four hours whatever right right (laughs) go to bed then when baby wakes up partner gets baby for mom but before that gives mom a sweet kiss and says i'll be right back with that baby i'm so proud of you Mm -hmm. and it's a lot of of you know really good reinforcement of how great mom is doing and that makes partner feel good too Right. Yeah. Let's just say dad. In this case, it's sure. our dad blog. Right. Right. Um, or, vlog, or, or podcast. Right. So right, right. check it out. So, okay. So then dad goes and gets baby, brings baby back to mom, maybe checks the diaper. If the diaper's dirty, changes it real quick, brings baby back to mom. Mom's getting ba- ready to get baby, you know, latched if she's breastfeeding. Hopefully she is. Dad can like, you know, touch her neck, stroke her neck really softly. Right. Right. Give her a little kiss. Tell her how wonderful she is and how proud he is of her. Mm. Baby gets latched. Dad says, I'll be right back. Runs to the kitchen. Okay. At this time, guys, I'm sorry, but you're using paper plates, you know, plastic right. portion. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Right. Everything you can just throw away really easily. Right. Get some of your meal plan stuff that you've stashed. Mm. Yeah. You maybe make a little sandwich or something or, or cheese and crackers, or maybe there's something you can throw in the microwave real quick, bring it back over and sit next to mom and you give her a bite and you take a bite. You're all having a family meal.
0: Right. Okay. That, so yeah, mom, yeah.
1: you remember to eat. Then when you're done with that, baby's probably switching over by that time. It's about 20, 15, 20 minutes, right? Right. Burping the baby. Mom's burping the baby. You tell her how awesome she is. Give her a kiss. Go back. Get all that stuff taken care of. Put it away. Throw it away. Whatever, right? Right. And then come back, and on your way back, just pass mom and say she's awesome. Whatever you're going to do, go to the bathroom. And um, go ahead and bring out like a new pad for her because mom's gonna be bleeding for you know quite a while, right. six weeks usually is about average. Right. And so she's gonna be bleeding in postpartum. Bring out a new pad for her. Maybe the stuff she likes to freshen up with. Maybe put get the water warm for her sure. and then shut it out. So when she goes in there, she doesn't wait for a long time for it to get warm. Right. Right. And you know just think about things like this, and then come back and sit with her. Then take the baby and go. Okay, bye, babe. Go take care of yourself. Guess what? You're influencing her to mm, feel good, mm-hmm. to eat, to take care of herself. Those are things people neglect when they're going into postpartum depression. Yeah,
0: you're absolutely right. And I think that's it's so important to be reminded of how a little goes a long way. You know, you talked about the reinforcing of the compliments and, you know, the setting up the food and the setting up of the bath and setting up this and that. And it's, it's so easy to be consumed, all consumed with the immediate moment that you don't think about, right, that you don't think about paying the compliments and whatever. And for those that are listening who may not be aware, let's just kind of, if you can give us a, a very simplistic, what is the fourth trimester for those that are unsure of what that term means?
1: The fourth trimester, Right. Yeah. The fourth trimester is the unknown because for for first time parents especially because it's when you first go home with your baby, you've already you know you you leave the hospital you go home and you're like how the hell do we keep this thing alive? Right. And you, you know you guys are all in the fourth trimester. All of you guys are developing together. Because you got to get your baby's schedule on. Right. Figure out what your baby's like. Is your baby cranky? Is your baby not cranky? Why is your baby cranky? You know. it right. You know. You just all these different things how are you guys going to sleep how are you guys going to do your routine and you got to talk about routine before you even get there but we're so busy looking at strollers and car seats
0: right. that we forget
1: to talk right. about the important thing you know what's this outfit I got to get for the baby you know what I mean like, right. who cares what you, how are you going to keep your head together and keep your relationship strong right so you got to think about that ahead of time so the four trimester is when you go home and you're just trying to make it and and every day you know brings a challenge and also brings joy
0: Right. It really does. And it's those first, uh, yeah, yeah. And so those first three months uh, post. So, and this is, this is what a lot of people neglect as to what you were saying about the, about the taking care of yourself is people, people assume that, you know, pregnancy is nine months and once the baby's out, that's it, you're good to go. But what a lot of people neglect is what you're talking about the fourth trimester, which is those like first three or so months once the baby is born that you're adjusting to life with the baby and the baby's also growing and the baby is developing. But to your point, it's all on the outside. You're all doing it together and it's so easy to be all consumed with the immediate needs of the baby that you ignore the basic needs of yourself, the mom, everybody else.
1: Yeah. People forget to take care of that emotional aspect. They need the love that they need to give themselves and give their partners and get and receive. Back from their partners, we get so in you know entrenched with taking care of the baby. Is the baby okay? And then people start stressing about you know what's wrong with the baby. Is the baby something wrong this way? And they don't even enjoy their baby. So right. They got to they got to learn to just chill out and and you know go with the flow. Get your rest it, the, as you can get it because you're gonna be tired. It's team no sleep man. Right. That's just the <laughs> way it is. Exactly. And so yeah, so you got to you got to just uh, make sure to take care of each other. But you know don't be afraid to ask for help. And yep. so one of the things I said to Harry, <laughs> well, <laughs> theoretically, I said to Harry was, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if you're royalty or if you're a you're prince or a pauper. Right. We all go through the same types of things because one way or another, we're going to feel it. So you can't be ashamed to talk to your partner. You guys have to make an agreement ahead of time for the fourth trimester. And the agreement is if I am falling into something and you see it, you know, and you don't feel comfortable to talk to me just be or ignore you when you try to talk to me can you just say babe i need some help right now and i need Mm. you to join me and i will do the same for you and we go talk to someone a professional together and we never deny the other person of that
0: Mm. absolutely it's kind of like a pact yeah
1: to save your family
0: absolutely that is so crucial and so key People fall into
1: deep depression sometimes. They don't even know it. And they start falling so deep. They want to hurt their babies, hurt themselves. They start seeing themselves in their head, hurt their baby, and then some people follow through on that. Right. And it's very sad. It's very hard. It's a very real thing. Yep. So you know we got to look out for each other. Absolutely. If you love your partner, and if one of, you, if you you or your partner should not be ashamed if both of you guys have ever experienced like depression or anxiety or anything like that. Be aware of it. Be proud to be aware of it because you're being aware of it to protect your family, to protect your baby, and to to protect your your relationship.
0: Right. Absolutely. It is so important and so key. And that is it's okay. Yeah. And that is a fantastic piece of advice uh for new parents and for expecting parents as well. And as we start to wrap up one last piece, one last question before we pivot to the dad joke segment, I want to ask you <laughs> if, uh, if someone wanted to become a doula or a dude law, uh, what advice would you give them?
1: You know, it's, it's really, um, it's a different type of career for sure. First advice I'd give is don't judge other birth workers because a lot of what i see in the birth world is there's a lot of meanness and mm-hmm. if you don't agree with someone they don't want to be your friend it's kind of like the trump thing you know right don't you know, right. right. friend you if you don't if you don't think people should encapsulate their placenta you're the devil or whatever right
0: you know? right 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 so,
1: don't be like that. Just accept people and accept them for what they do. Because everybody is drawn, like every family that needs a doula gets that doula by the universe. Man, is the yeah. way I feel. Like they are drawn to that person because there's a reason. And and so don't judge them. Just let them do their thing. Right. You know, if if they're hurting someone or giving medical advice that's bad that they shouldn't be giving anyway because you're not supposed to be giving medical advice. Well, that's another you know whole other thing. But sure. Do you really need to spend your time on that? So don't do that. First of all, second of all, you know, really understand that it takes a lot to be a duel. It's 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 mentally a little bit tough sometimes. Cause you have to keep your yourself together when things look a little crazy, and and maybe you you lose a baby or something, you know, right. and you you got to keep yourself together for that family. It's emotionally taxing, so you have to have a, a sounding board. It's very important to have somebody to be able to talk to to decompress. Um, the other thing is it's it's physically taxing because you're working, you know, sometimes, you know, a six to 14 hour stretch and you're hip squeezing and you're the one that's supposed to be supporting that family and you have to pull a lot of energy out to do that. And sometimes it's back to back. I do a lot of births. Sometimes I'm like going from one hospital to the next and I have to be mentally and physically ready for that. So that's another thing. Just know what you're getting into because your life, you are on call all the time unless you have a call group. Right. Absolutely. You know, and and so there's just different situations, but I would definitely look for good mentors, look for positive people. Like the best thing I would say, if you want to be a doula, learn some childbirth education first, start teaching childbirth education, then start attending some births, like maybe Mm -hmm. do a donut training Mm -hmm. or one of the good trainings, you know, out there. Right. You know, they're very basic and simple, but they give you the information you need to do the job you need. You're supporting a, a family. And so go out there and do some births, and you know well, when you get out there and start kind of figuring it out, getting your feet wet, you're teaching classes, so you can figure out the people that you actually you know bond with, and who who find you to be that person to lead them, right. and that's how you get your clients. I like it. So that's a, that's that's another great way to do it. I, I find you know cause, you know people come out and they go, oh my god, this person is speaking my language. That's right. what that's kind of the way that I want things to go. I think I trust this person, whether it's
0: a male or a female, it doesn't matter. Right, absolutely. You know, it's connection you have. Absolutely, man. This has been fantastic. I feel like I just took a class from Brian, the Birth Guy. Oh, this has been fantastic. And uh, as I've said before, listeners, if you want to take the class or you want to buy the book or and. Also, if you want more information about Brian, I will put it in the show notes. If you're listening right now, go to the show, the episode description, scroll down. All the links are there. Click it. It'll take you right where you want to go, and I promise you will not regret it. So this has been fantastic. Thank you, Brian. And now we are going to pivot to my favorite part of the episode, the dad joke of the week. So uh, this is a segment where I have crafted some dad jokes or pulled them from somewhere. I uh, throw them at the guests in an attempt to get them to laugh. Uh, The audience groans while I do this, but I can't hear them. I can only hear the guests, so it works out perfect for me. Uh, But before I do that, I always like to put our guest on the spot Brian, do you have any dad jokes you would like to offer up today? Oh gosh, <laughs> oh. that's it's always not, everybody's not really response. But
1: but I heard a joke the other day that was really funny. And okay, like this, sure. Uh, but uh, <laughs> what what? Wait, the the gossipy. Okay, so what did the gossipy chili? What what is what do gossipy chilies do?
0: I don't know what.
1: They get jalapeno business.
0: <laughs> that's good. That's good. Oh, that's definitely a dad joke. told me that. Oh, that's fantastic. I love it. All right, so I pulled some uh, birth-themed jokes for you. I think you'll yes. appreciate these, Brian. All right, <clears throat> so I've, I've got three of them. So first one is, uh, Brian, what do you call a group of babies? An infantry. <laughs> <laughs> an infant That's great. tree. I like that one. Infantry. Yep. Okay. Uh, second one. How do you get an astronaut's baby to sleep?
1: Oh gosh, I don't know.
0: You rock it. You <clears> rock it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, How did I not get that? All right, all right, right. all right. Here we go. Last one. <clears throat> we'll end on this. Brian, there was a dad who tried to keep his wife happy through labor by telling jokes. But she didn't laugh once. You want to know why? It was his. It was the delivery. <laughs> the delivery was the reason she didn't laugh. Yep. I love it. <laughs> he did his delivery nice. <laughs> right. Very good. All right. All right. Well, uh, Brian, if listeners want to follow you or see what you are up to, what is the best way for them to do that?
1: Instagram is great, and I'm just at Birth Guy. Just at Birth Guy, and on Facebook, Brian the Birth Guy. And, you know, I generally answer any questions people ask. If people call me, I'll talk to them. I have no problem with that. I, I feel like this is something I was supposed to do. And sure. it's not yeah. a chore for me. It's a, it's my life.
0: That's fantastic. All right. Well, Brian, we need a hashtag for this episode. Should we go with hashtag birth guy or hashtag rocking dads? Which would you prefer?
1: Mm, birth guy.
0: All right. Perfect. All right, listeners. Well, I've got a, another great episode upcoming next week. So stick around for that. I can't reveal the guest right now, but I promise it'll be a good one. And uh, Brian, thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome back anytime. And This is awesome to yeah, you.
1: I'm so grateful you had me on, and, and I, I feel really honored to, to you know, have this time with you.
0: I love it. Thank you so much. And listeners, until next time, hashtag birthguy and hashtag birthguy. Be a better dad. If you know of an interesting person or story that needs to be told, please reach out to me at detoxpodcast at gmail.com. That's D T A L K S podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at podcast, or visit detoxpodcast.com. Also, be sure to leave us a five star rating on iTunes if you like the show. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps us out. Link is in the show notes. Finally, Thanks for listening. Please come back next week when we'll have another interesting conversation. And special thanks to my producers, Ben Lawant and Galan Aldaco. Without your help and support, this show wouldn't be possible. Thanks so much, guys. Detox is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit VocalNow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O now.com.